afternoon, good evening, good whenever it is you're tuning in to us. Welcome to Ticket Price, where we we look at movies, you know, are they good, are they bad, overrated, underrated, are they worth the price of a ticket? I'm a co-host, uh, my name is Jake, I'm the one with hair, it's on my head, sitting across the way, a full f- foot and a half. That master way control too- is Tevis. <laughs> Say hi, Tevis. We're way too close. <laughs> <laughs> well, we tried this at the other table, and it didn't work, so now we're here. Oh, God, excuse me. So welcome, everyone, to Ticket Price, where we pretend we know what we're talking about, and we talk about movies. And for episode one, big deal, episode one, um, we lay out some ground rules. So, we're looking at movies that we love, movies we hate, maybe movies we've never actually seen before. But regardless, up to seven days before we record, we have to sit down, watch these movies, and we have agreed to go in then go into them with an open mind. So if it's That a was movie, so hard. <laughs> it really was. As, we're, as we'll get into. Yeah, that was so difficult. Um, because, you know, maybe it's a movie that I really, really love. But I've got to, I've got to, I can't let nostalgia cloud my judgment. Is it as good as I think it is or remember it being? A movie I hate, is it, does it deserve that hate? Right? So, Most of them do. Most of them do. You say that about everything. <laughs> You're just a hateful man. <laughs> but that's just kind of, that's the framework that we're going into. So for episode one, our very first movie, I'm super excited about this one. This is The Shining. The 1980 Stanley Kubrick masterpiece. It's called a classic. It's called a masterpiece. It's been called hot trash. It's uh, recently. <laughs> and I, well, as long as you're talking, I'm sure several more times. Uh, you know, but okay. 1980 adaptation of a Stephen King book. The screenplay by Stanley Kubrick and Diane Johnson, uh, directed by Stanley Kubrick. Are you noticing a theme, anyone? Why do you think Stephen King wasn't brought in to help write this? Uh, because unlike Stanley Kubrick, Stephen <laughs> King didn't help fake the moon landing. Which he proves in the movie. Because <laughs> he, he has that shirt on. Doc the, wears that shirt one time. <laughs> yeah, and they never call him Doc. <laughs> we'll get into God. it. We'll get into it. Okay. Starring Jack Nicholson as Jack Torrance and Shelley Duvall as Wendy Torrance. Okay. I will be nice. No, you won't. About Shelley Duvall. I don't believe you. <laughs> you should be. Shelley Duvall, I love you, okay? I'm not going to let him or anyone else bag on you. It's not going to happen. Uh, I loved Popeye. We're not talking about Popeye. <laughs> we're talking about her just, it's her completely fine performance in The Shining. She was good in Roxanne. We're not talking about <laughs> Roxanne. I will not let you slander Miss Duvall this way. I hope you die. I said it. So, okay, going into this movie, we got some ratings, okay? Okay. And hit me with how you feel. High, low, just right. IMDb gives The Shining 8.4 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 83% out of 100. Too too high. Too high? Way too high. Uh, I do think something interesting in that, if you go in and look at it, is these numbers are inflated... By more modern reviews and opinions, these are not when in nineteen. These are not nineteen eighty opinions. 
goddamn millennials are ruining everything. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably didn't come across. The goddamn millennials are <laughs> ruining everything. Well, you know, I had to find new things to ruin, right? Uh, okay, so the movie was made with a budget of $19 million and grossed worldwide $92,800,000 and change. Pretty good. So I hard to say it's a flop. Uh, definitely made its money back. Almost four times its money. I still don't know how. As well, <laughs> that's funny you mentioned that. Let's go into our next category. Awards. The most prominent awards um, that this movie was nominated for, and I believe won, or at least won one of them for sure, the Razzies for Worst Director, Stanley Kubrick, and Worst Actress, Shelley Duvall, which is completely unjustified. <laughs> Shelley Duvall is just fine! I, be- I believe she did win, and I believe it got rescinded. Because of what came out about how mistreated she was on the set. And it was also, they did it at the same time that they took away Bruce uh, Bruce Willis's Razzie Award. Because they found out he had that disease. So they, they literally gave him an award for being the worst actor. And then we're like, oh shit, he's got dementia or something and he's still acting. Maybe we shouldn't give him this award. Well, I mean, okay, to be fair, I'm okay with that rescinding. Like, Mm -hmm. that's not... No, I agree. Hey, I agree. This person in a wheelchair did real shit in the long (laughs) jump. Let's give him an award for worst long jump. That's not fair. No, I agree. So I do believe that Shelley Duvall did earn the award, but they were correct in taking it away. Because it was not her fault at all. No, her performance is fine. Her performance it's is fine. Fine. It's fine. It's fine. Fine. Just like this podcast. Totally fine. <laughs> uh, and we kind of touched on it, but when this movie came out in 1980, real um, mixed reviews. It definitely had some critical acclaim. It was it was a commercial success. Stephen King hated it. Stephen King personally hated it. I think he still hates it. I think so. To this day. But then he also went on to produce a more faithful adaptation that was worse. Which everyone hated. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But he also directed Maximum Overdrive, so... Yeah, but Mm. that movie has the best soundtrack. (laughs) Yeah, because he literally was like, here, ACDC, write me a movie soundtrack. Yeah. And it's all ACDC. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. It is amazing. Unlike Maximum Overdrive, <laughs> anything else. The movie's fun. Anyway. S- Stephen King, I'm a big fan. Uh, I just want to clarify that. I'm also a big fan of Shelley Duvall. St- Stanley Cooper can suck a dick. S- Stephen King, I love your books. That is all. <laughs> <laughs> Stay writing. Don't direct anymore. How? <laughs> we're, not getting, we're not getting into this we're, again. We're not going to do it. Um, I digress. I digress. But the film was also heavily (laughs) criticized. Some of the biggest complaints from it being uh, that it was too slow. I get that. Too disconnected. I get that too. And overly violent. There was... I've seen more violence in Bugs Bunny cartoons. I'm... Okay. 
Shelly hits him with the axe, or with the baseball bat. Yeah. He axes Scatman. Yes. Which was... That's it. Am I wrong? Was very quick. Yeah. We I mean, the, the girl's laying in the hallway covered in blood, but I've seen worse in a, in a haunted house. But isn't that more gore? To me, violence is like there's a there's an action involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree with that. Yeah, so that the, so that is basically those two that you said. Yeah, was the axe and hitting him with the ba- baseball bat. So okay, now let's let's <laughs> change gears and move into our history with the movie. I remember watching this movie when I was a kid. Um, cannot remember how old I was. But even then, I don't think I was old enough. I know I wasn't old enough to comprehend the the deeper meanings of the movie. So, I, and I always thought it was kind of overblown. I thought everybody loved this movie too much for what it was. I mean, it had obviously some very iconic images, very iconic scenes. The music, my God, the music is outstanding. Um, but overall, when I was a kid, I, I always thought it was just, it wasn't scary either. You know, I'm like a, maybe 10 years old. Like I should have been scared off my ass, but nope. I have a feeling we're going to be hearing a lot of that. Nope. No, you know, much, I'm very similar, very similar, except I, I have always enjoyed this movie. I've always been a fan of the shining again. And I don't know when I first watched it. I was probably too young. And I remember not it being scary, but it being tense. And this will be a fun fact going forward. I don't do horror movies. I get I re- do. I get real sweaty, and I don't handle them well. But I love. I get sweaty anyway. <laughs> Just more details for that yeah. fan art. But I love thrillers. I love that that tension. Um, and I always thought this movie did it really, really well. But I am willing to say we'll go into it more detail here shortly that. Maybe I don't enjoy this movie as much as I thought I did. As a whole or as part? Do you enjoy the parts of the movie, like the, the iconic scenes, more? Now that you've rewatched it? You know, that's a, that's a fair point. And, okay, the movie as a whole, I don't know if I necessarily enjoy it as much as I did. And I don't, I'm still debating on the big question that we're getting to. But you know what? Jack Nicholson's performance as as an adult who has done writing, who's done theater acting, who's done different performance based uh, what entertainment, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I was straight captivated by from by Jack Nicholson's performance from the first moment he's on screen to the end. Oh, I hundred percent agree with that. But I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. The thing that I was getting to was the opening scene with the music hitting and the helicopter flyover. I enjoyed that so much that I will literally turn it on. I don't own this. I had to buy a subscription to Paramount Plus to watch this. But I will throw it on and just watch that opening shot. And watching the helicopter oh, pan where, over the, where, the car. Yeah. And it's just so... Oh, man. That whole part is so good. And that music, it's it's so good. But not in a classic musical. Like, it's musically because it, it's distorted and it's wonky. Oh, but yeah, It's not something that's going to be on my Spotify playlist. 
Then why did you show all. it to me on your Spotify playlist? <laughs> why are you going to sit here and lie to all that? But no, that's something too. We'll get into the score and the helicopter flyover. Technically, from a technical standpoint, this opening is amazing. So, going into your you're sitting down, you're about to hit play to start your rewatch. What is going through your head? What is your just quick opinion on the next what is it, two and a half? Yeah, it's about two and a half two and a half hours, something. Um, honestly, I was prepared to be bored. I was prepared <laughs> to be bored. <laughs> prepared to just be like this this idea is terrible. Yeah. Why are we doing this? Hundred percent. I was like, I don't know what I got myself into. But push play. See, I was I not excited, that's too strong a word, but I was I was ready to enjoy a, a movie with my wife, but I had my notebook, I'm taking my notes as I'm going. But I was like, okay, because we had talked some before rewatching just our, our thoughts and opinions on yeah. it. I was like, man, am I remembering it better than it is? You know, because even look back on your childhood, you remember the good, not so much the bad. Your memory always distorts things for the better. Am I remembering this movie better than it was? So I was a little nervous, actually. I'm like, man, I don't want to sit here and say Tevis was right. That's what I don't want to do when I come on this show is be like, yeah, he was right. So it's not so much you didn't want to be disappointed. It's just you didn't want me to be right. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That's I just fair. I just didn't want to have to look you in your <laughs> eye and be like, you were right. <laughs> So, so going into it, we just, we just talked about the opening scene. It's fantastic. Jack driving to the Overlook. Then he gets there. And we get... The interview? The big black title card. The interview. And then the longest nothing scene. And you were talking about spoiler review. I wanted a spoiler uh, warning right before the interview started. Because it ruins the whole movie. Yeah, I agree. When he sits down and he talks about what happened at the Overlook, yeah. I'm like, okay, you're gonna be Thanks. you're gonna be isolated for nine months. When the snow falls, it's twenty feet deep. The path the previous caretaker went crazy and murdered his family with an axe. Hope that doesn't happen to you. And Jack is just like, that won't happen to me. Don't worry. <laughs> Wait, no, is that that's your, a, is no? That that's chest? not my that's not my Jack Nicholson impression. No. That just happened. I don't know what I don't know what I was doing there. I don't I don't have a Jack Nicholson impression. I think we would all disagree. No, that was and as I'm speaking it that I realize I'm like, I'm sort of sounding like Jack. Why? Am I even trying? Well, the thing you gotta remember, Sparky, is that isn't gonna happen to the J Man. <laughs> sounded like Robin Williams in Aladdin. <laughs> My Jack Nicholson is not a Jack Nicholson impression. It's an impression of Robin Williams doing an impression of Jack Nicholson. Oh, real talk. I'm looking forward to when we get to Aladdin. But yes, yes. But oh my God, this interview scene just goes and it goes. The one thing I took away from that interview scene, did you catch his tie? Whose tie? Jack Nicholson's tie. I remember looking at it, but I nothing I... It was a green textured tie, and it looked like the hedge maze. Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. that was the first thing I spotted. And knowing what I know about the movie, I was like, there's the genius of Stanley Kubrick right there. 
in our face. He's saying that this is how it's going to end. We are trying really hard to tone in our language and, you know, not not perfectly edited out or anything because we're all adults here. But I, it, this is worth it. Fuck Stanley Kubrick. Fuck was, him. That was a sarcasm on my part. Oh, yeah. No, I am very serious. I am not. We are OK. We are not getting into all of the theories and hidden messages and shining. Oh, I'm talking about the Apollo moon landing that you faked. Are you kidding me? It's obvious. It's on that kid's shirt. I hate you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyway, back on track. Oh, and also, speaking of the interview, murdered his family with an axe, and oh, the Overlook was built on an Indian burial ground, and it's just spoon-feeding you trope after trope after trope, and leaving nothing for the viewer to experience. Was the Indian burial ground thing a trope at that point, or... Did, did it get ruined by poltergeist and movies after? I think that I think to answer that question, it depends on if you are an avid Stephen King reader, because Stephen King loves Indian burial grounds. He predominantly loves writing about uh, white people building on Indian burial grounds and the spirits not being happy about that. Hmm. We'll get into Pet Cemetery. Uh, I oh God, was it was. Wasn't the Tommyknockers kind Tommy, of that? Yeah. I don't remember. I read part of the Tommyknockers when I was a kid, but I was like, no, I'm done. I'm pretty sure. I know. I think he was too hyped up on Coke back then. <laughs> Wait, was Tommy? I thought Tommyknockers was uh, after his car accident. He got hit by that car and was on pain medicine. The car was full of Coke. It was the <laughs> 80s. Yeah. That was what his airbag was filled with. <laughs> it was him. It was Macho Man Randy Savage. And it was most of the members of Poison. Don't, Don't forget, forget Bobby Brown. Oh, my God. Okay, so then we... we, have, we, we passed, have we made it past the interview yet? No, we're okay. still That's here. It. We're still here because this section of our show is just as long as the goddamn interview. <laughs> if you think that these two guys need to quit talking about the interview, this is how I felt watching the interview. All right, smash cut to a black screen that just says, at home, or... Whatever the hell it is. Because <laughs> we're, we're, we see Shelly Duvall and Danny. Oh, yeah. When they're watch, sitting at the table watching TV. Yeah. And then we get more exposition. Because as Jack is having his interview, Danny has his first serious shining encounter with the spirits of the Overlook. Oh, Tony Soprano. What? <laughs> What? Yeah, his little guy, his little, his little finger man. It was Tony. Tony Soprano. Sorry, Mrs. Torrance. Big pussy isn't here. <laughs> Thanks. Oh. Now Tony is just Tony Soprano. Thank you for ruining this for me. That's, but, what, that's why I'm here. But no, he, he has his first big vision where then we get the, the the little girls, we get the elevator of blood. The elevator was awesome. Still is awesome. Right, but we, we shouldn't have seen it until Shelley Duvall actually sees it. Why spoil it? I think it was because it was such a cool scene. He's like, how can we put this in here more than once? <laughs> I honestly do. It's like, I've seen it more in modern movies where they pay for like one hit song mm -hmm. and then you have to sit through this song like five times yeah. over the course of, they're like, we yeah. paid for, for, uh, 
immigrant song by Led Zeppelin, and damn it, we're going to yeah. get immigrant song by Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Was that a shot at Thor Ragnarok? A little bit, but yeah. to be fair, the any time immigrant song play was the best part of that movie. Oh yeah, uh-huh. I, I, I mean that song is awesome. So. It, that is the ultimate rock song, and I'm not a Zeppelin fan. Me either. I but really that don't is, like Zeppelin. That is the greatest rock song of all time. I agree. Fight and me with that part over the, the music made it even better. Like in that whole Ragnarok part. Yeah. What we're not talking about. I know. What are we doing? Oh, so many edits. So back, back to the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> when do we get Jack Nicholson in the MCU? Uh, he would have been a better Modoc. I think he is Modoc right now. I've seen, a, I've seen a picture of him. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jack. I love you. You're my favorite actor of all time. I would like Jack to know that I have no association with this piece of shit <laughs> sitting across from me. No, so, so, but from the interview into when we first meet Danny and, uh, and, uh, Wendy, forgot her name for a second. I even have it written down. <laughs> We're still just spoon fed, foresh- really ham fisted foreshadowing and spoilers. Just, yep, yeah, hey, we don't know. Who- well, actually, I was about to say, he sees these two little, little girls, we don't know who they are. But, oh wait, yes we do. There's not even a mystery there. Because in the interview, Jack's told right. the caretaker murdered his wife and two daughters. Two daughters, the Grady's. Yeah. What, ten and eight, and what, or what, however yeah. old they are, with an axe. And so you go, oh, there are the daughters. Jack's going to see the daughters, or Danny's going to see the daughters. And I don't know what the elevator is, but whatever. Yeah, what is the elevator? We'd probably have to read the book. But this is not a book podcast. <laughs> no, because I read, or I read, fuck, I don't read. Uh, in one of those, the documentary 237, yeah. they just say that they, it's the blood of the um, Indians burial ground coming up from the, the ground. Which I'm like, okay, that's kind of a reach, but yeah, I never, I never put what you mean. Stanley Kubrick made a crazy reach, or the fans of this the movie have made a crazy movie. reach. And... Is it the fans of this movie or the fans of Kubrick himself? Yes, 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 yes. The only thing worse than Stanley Kubrick are the diehard fans of Stanley Kubrick. You mean the ones that say he cannot make any mistakes no matter what he does? Yeah, it's mm. kind of like the George Lucas and Peter Jackson fanboys. And of all these three, I actually like Peter Jackson. He's fair. Lord of the Rings, man. That's it. Uh, his war documentaries are good. I haven't watched those. I don't want to be sad when I watch movies. Well, it's not a movie. It's a documentary. <laughs> you, I mean, I guess I am sad. Actually, I watch this. <laughs> you'd actually but... learn something. But no, so they so they make it to the Overlook. Uh, you know, we learn Jack is, a, is abusive. It's also, side note, because we haven't had enough of those already. It's really confusing for me when an actor and the character they're portraying have the same first name. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I'm saying Jack. Yeah. And in my head, I'm getting mixed up. Like, am I saying Torrance or Nicholson? And I realize it doesn't matter. Yeah. And then la- later on, he's like, here's Johnny. I'm like, wait, what's your fucking name? <laughs> well, that was an improv. Oh, he, yeah, yeah. For Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson. Yeah. I'm digressing. Yeah. What? <laughs> Uh, so they're getting the look through the the overlook. We learn they're going to be super isolated and alone in this mammoth building. Beautiful building, though. That location is fantastic. The set or the actual building? The actual building. Oh, yeah. yeah. When they did the flyover of it, yeah. seeing it, that was really cool. Like, it, all the outside shots, we can actually see, like, 
what I can't, I should have wrote it down. I am not a professional. The Overlook Hotel? Right, but the actual hotel that they use. Oh, the name of the actual yeah. hotel. I don't know. It's the Overlook Hotel. <laughs> to be fair, it is the Overlook. Yeah. At this point, it just is. Does, I mean, is anybody going up there to stay? And they're going, they're thinking, hey, this is a cool hotel and not calling it the Overlook? I will bet money that from the moment this movie released in 1980, room 237 has never not been booked solid. That was not a real room. Oh, well, now I'm bummed out and I hate yeah. everyone. Because <laughs> in the book, the room was 217. Or not in the book, rather. Um, the hotel that Stephen King stayed in. No. The hotel room was 217. And they asked, I don't remember if they asked him to not do it in the book or in the movie. I think it was in the movie. To not number it 217. So Kubrick changed it to 237. Oh, I think the, I, real talk, I think the hotel missed out hard. Oh, yeah. Especially because the movie was a huge commercial success. Pe I agree. That move, that room would have been book solid from when the movie came out to as we're talking presently. 100%, yeah. Um, and then my, one of my favorite characters, Scatman Crothers, comes in as uh, Mr. Harlan. That whole scene of... Wait, Harlan? Oh. Hathaway? Hathaway, what? Wait, what was Scatman today? I just kept, I always called Scatman. So Scatman Carruthers? Yeah. Yeah. What was his name? Oh, uh, Mr. Harlan. He was Dick, Dick Halloran. Not oh, Harlan. Halloran. Yeah, Halloran. Dick Halloran. He was the head chef. I'm a professional. The moment that him and Wendy take Danny and walk all through the the kitchen area. If you're about to bag on Chef Duval, I swear to God. <laughs> no, I'm going to bag on both of them. They're both just terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. She, when she delivers Don't a do line. It. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, Scatman, especially, okay, Scatman. No, I just, I, I'm going to, Scatman Crothers does a phenomenal job. He comes off as just like the nicest, most real guy. He has this great, like, grandfatherly energy when he's talking to Danny. I'll give you that, yeah. And I thought it was great. But, okay, here's the part that really bothered me. And I actually had to go back and rewatch from the beginning up until that point. When Dick calls Danny Doc, mm -hmm. and Shelley Duvall's like, why did you call him Doc? How'd you know we call him Doc? Like, you never called him Doc one time through any of your interactions at the beginning of the movie up until that point. And now everybody just, what's up, Doc? Hey, Doc. Me, 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 me. Wait, 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 wait. How are you throwing this at the feet of of Scatman and Shelley Duvall? Oh, no. This I'm is goddamn Stanley Kubrick's fault. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying, this is the part that as soon as it happened, I'm like, wait a minute. I've never heard him being called, being called Doc at all. And I literally had stopped it, rewound all the way to the, back, uh, the beginning, and watched it over again Yeah, up until that point. That part took me out because I was like, wait a minute. They never, ever did it. So I had to literally stop the movie. So that took not their acting didn't take me out of the movie, which it should have. But <laughs> how dare you? that part when he said that? I was like, no, that's not a thing. They've never once called him Doc in any of the interactions that they had. No. And that's and that's a small detail. I know. But you'd figure Stanley Kubrick being the master that he is. Would have caught that. He was too busy faking the moon landing or some bullshit. <laughs> Physically and mentally abusing Shelley Duvall. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. 
That's what I do horror, feel bad about. The horror stories. Shelley Duvall should have never had to go, go through any of that nonsense. If you, as a filmmaker, are unhappy with the cast, with the performance of a cast member, let them go and find someone you do like. Don't torture the person! Yeah, but didn't he torture, like, when they were almost done filming? Oh, it, uh, does it matter? Well, no, I'm just asking, because, I mean, at that point, he's like, shit, I can't refilm all this stuff. But I agree. No, I agree 100%. That's that's a dick move. The dick move. I mean, how many takes did they do for some scenes? Like, oh, upwards that, of 100? The, the act scene and she's screaming in the corner was like 100. Yeah. 100, 200, whatever, whatever there, it was. It was a ton. I can't, I can't even because it's so unnecessary. Her, her performance is fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. All right? It's Halle Berry and Catwoman. It's fine. Oh, that God. also got... That also got nam- nominated for worst actress for in a, for a Razzie, right? That's why I'm making the connection there. But at the you. end of the day, it is fine. <laughs> I love Halle Berry. I love Shelley Duvall. I will not stand here. <laughs> oh no! Oh, but no, no, torturing, torturing Shelley Duvall to in or, and just telling her to act better. Is like beating Marty Feldman, telling him to look straight. As Tevis laughs, I just want to take a moment to let our five audience <laughs> members who understand that reference. We have five. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, to be fair. So I'm just going to take a minute to let us enjoy a Marty Feldman. <laughs> Damn your eyes. Too late. Oh, my God. Yeah, but that, I mean, it was a different time, but no, that is completely unacceptable. And me bashing on her acting, it makes me feel bad. As it should. It does. It's fine. I do. Because it's fine. (laughs) Anyway, so Dick Halloran, you absolutely absolutely love the head chef. Yeah. He was the favorite part of the movie. No, Jack is my favorite part of the movie. Okay, good. Okay. Oh, speaking of Jack, okay, he's such a dick in this moment. He's not even full crazy, but as a writer, Damn, this is true. He's got his writer's block, and he's just trying to get it. Shelly comes in, talking about whatever, and he's like... Is that when he's talking about the weather? When she's talking about the storm that's coming in? Probably. And he's like, what do you want me to do about it? Yeah, and he's like, you see, when I'm writing, I'm in this place, and then you come in and you distract me, and I lose all concentration, and then I have to work back to where I was to get the momentum to start writing again, and you fuck up the whole process, you know, that part, right? Yeah, okay. He's such an asshole, but I felt that in my soul. I felt that in my soul, because I married. That's something you wanted to say. Yeah, to my wife, but I'm not an asshole, and I didn't. That part showed how much of an asshole Jack was to Wendy. But I feel like even their interactions earlier on in the movie, they were never had a good interaction other than when he got food brought to him in bed at 11 o'clock in the morning because he slept all damn day. Boomer Tevis over here. These goddamn kids sleep until 11. But no, but but here's playing your fucking Minecraft, (laughs) Fortnite, Roblox, you sons of bitches. (laughs) But we learn, you know, yes, Jack is abusive to her. He's abusive to Danny. He's a drunk. He's not a good guy. And their marriage is on the rocks anyway. Yeah, a little bit. 
I mean, we don't get to... This is the first moment we really get to to see as an audience, see and experience that. Because the rest of the time we're just told. This movie yeah. is... With Danny's it, accident. Yeah, his, where is his accident? I'm doing air quotes. <laughs> Thank you for our listening audience. I've done it too, though. It's really hard not to. Um, but no, if if you are a writer, if you teach a creative writing class, anything like that, watch this movie. Have your students watch this movie, and it is the reason that the writing world says show don't tell. This movie only tells. I'd agree with that. Thank you, Stanley Kubrick. (laughs) The brilliant Stanley Kubrick. This is the first time we actually really get to see. They've had some tense interactions or Jack's been overly gruff. But this is the first time we actually see him go full on. Is there any part of this movie that is worth diving into deeper? Oh. (laughs) You got some gas built up there. You got that heartburn sitting in. The first thing that comes to mind is you see it when he's sitting at the in the hotel reading the Playgirl magazine. Which, real talk, I didn't even notice. I saw he was reading a magazine, but that's not where my attention was. Yeah. So I didn't know what it was. Well, because, you know, I watched that part twice because I had to go back at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> you were looking for Doc. I was looking for Doc, and then all of a sudden I come up on a Playgirl. So how the hell does that work? <laughs> Wait. Should we take a moment to talk about how you, you you now said that the one thing in this whole movie that genuinely captured your interest was Playgirl? I'm not judging. Yeah, I just yeah, think we should yeah. talk about this. I mean, why not? But I kept thinking, I'm like, so, is, and then I, I looked into it I did, during my research, found that the one of the articles in that magazine was about why parents sleep with their kids, mm-hmm. have sex with their kids. And then, you know, the whole Danny thing with the bear. and the Danny is the bear. Yeah. From multiple um, scenes, you can tell that he's supposed to represent the bear. Yeah. And then at the end with the bear in the lap of the guy. Like, Jack... Jack... Oh, diddles. 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 So bad. Yeah. Let's so, just use that term. Yeah. Diddles, diddles is a better word. Yeah. Is it? Better, yes. Good, no. Yeah. <laughs> Now, can I bring up something about all this? Specifically, the bear sea. Yes. Never noticed that the suit was assless until this watch. Oh, uh, yeah, I agree. And even watching it, it wasn't until we... So one of the things we try to do when we do these recordings, we try to talk very little to each other about the movie we're going to record on. So we have more natural back and forth. Until we, you had mentioned this theory that I had never heard of, that, that Jack diddled Danny. I swear to God, I thought it was a pig. Oh, when I first seen it when I was a kid, I thought it was a pig. I always thought it was a pig. Yeah, but I watched it like four days ago. I thought it was a pig. <laughs> I have friends who are furries and have fursonas and all this stuff. And that suit looks like a fucking pig. You don't know why I didn't make the bear connection? Because it doesn't look like a pig. That's true. Or a dog. I mean, it could have been a dog. No, it has tongues. Does it? It has exaggerated teeth. Okay, like a bear. <laughs> yeah, except it looks like a pig. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, argue amongst yourselves. Bear, pig. Yeah. The debate must be said. <laughs> they couldn't find a better mask. Send us your vote with the uh, gay, gay porn. <laughs> on, the ba- on the back of anything you send us, just put pig or bear. We'll know what you're talking about. 
but no, I, I didn't know. I until we you mentioned it briefly because I had never heard that theory. Thought it was a pig. There's a scene that gets a, gets tons of credit, and it's cool. But it's it's Danny on his tricycle. It's the first ever in for what Kubrick invents the Steadicam, right? And they're able to follow Danny as he's we tricycling around. He's got his big wheel, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, big wheels were hot back then. Big wheels were hot when I was a kid, but I had, I had a ton of hot wheels. God, big we, wheels. we might just be old. <laughs> But him going from carpet to hardwood, carpet to hardwood, mm. and the sound changing and, and being able to follow him like that, it's cool, but I don't... From from a technical standpoint, it's amazing. But from a movie viewing experience, it goes from, that's neat, to, why is this still going on? To, oh... Three scenes later, he sees the girls, and yeah. now it makes sense. But God, we get it. There's a lot of that in this. <laughs> what's the What's the saying? Reaching around your elbow to touch your wrist, right? Oh, wow. I've never heard that. We before. went We went a long way around. <laughs> yeah, there is a lot of that in this movie, and I think that's what bores the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just, oh man. But no, I wanted to bring that up because it's it's cool, especially technically. You know, yeah. if you're oh, yeah. if you're into the art of filmmaking, this scene is is super cool and is a must watch. If you're trying to enjoy the movie <laughs> as a movie going experience, they take it a little long, like the pig band. <laughs> yes, mm, everyone can cringe at that. Did we just get edited? <laughs> I think I just got edited. Just delete. <laughs> if you're not hearing the joke that just made everyone cringe, you're welcome. Evans the master control is doing its job. It was a simple click. Um, no, okay. So I think honestly, my favorite scene. Okay. Is Jack stalking Wendy up the stairs. She's got the ball bat. She just uncovered the um, all work and no play makes Jack a right. dull boy. I feel she do you see how many pages she flips through and we actually see that number of pages with typing on them some poor assistant had to type and type and type but they you could tell they had fun with it cuz it was in every oh, kind of writing style and typesetting and spelling was all off at one point it looked like a haiku <laughs> so did he ever type anything up other than that no I didn't think so. Or at least nothing that didn't hit a trash can. Yeah. Because we see him trying to type. He rips some papers out, throws them away. I think that is legitimate but writing. Is he throwing it away because he doesn't want Wendy to see it? Is no. slowly going crazy? You don't think? I think, no. I think that was him genuinely trying. But I think that's part of, he's got writer's block. He's frustrated because he's feeling like a failure. And that's just going to feed into how easily the hotel can take him, I feel like. Uh, but no, we've gone through all that, and he, and Jack is stalking Wendy up the stairs. Give me the bat, you know, da-da-da. Anyone interested in acting, whether you are an actor or you just appreciate good performances, watch this scene. Please, for the love of God, watch this scene. That's a really good one. Um, but one of my favorites is with him at the bar with what I can't remember. Lloyd? Lloyd. Lloyd. That whole part. 
both of them. Just watching him by himself for a while, kind of talk back and forth. He's when so he looks up at the camera, and he just uh, every every little facial expression that he does, and you know, the white man's burden. White, yeah, white man's burden. That whole scene was phenomenal. Oh man, they're all they're all watch, watch his face. Listen, you can, you know, he, he gives a master, you know, with his voice, inflection, he's going high, he's going low. Watch his face. From jaw to eyebrow, his entire face is giving a performance of itself. And yeah. it is amazing. Absolutely. He's going crazy in, like, the stairwell scene. There are so many subtle nuances that are selling that he is just off all rockers. The part where... Spoiler alert, he kills he kills Scatman with the axe. What? And <laughs> I know, no. I'm sorry, Scatman. I'm sorry, not not Scatman, Dick Halloran. Oh. Dick Halloran. But the facial expressions that he gives in that, did you notice that? Mm -hmm. Like his tongue was out for a little bit. Yeah. He just he's enjoying it. It's that was legitimately creepy too. And that the like you said, the tongue, that's a good point. Because we first see that on the stairwell. He's he flicks yes. his tongue out like a crazy person mm -hmm. mocking Wendy. Yeah. And it's so beautiful. If you are an actor or an actress or whatever, your whole body gives the performance. And I that's so important to remember. That's so important to remember. And then of course, him going through the door with the axe. Amazing. I forgot about that, honestly, as far as one of the best. That one is really good. That's like, the only scene people remember from The Shining. I know, How did you I know. forget well, the Well, because I was so worried. I was so focused on Jack's acting. And, and that's not really so much of his acting ability. And, and which, is, gets, which is phenomenal. Yeah, yes, yeah, 100%. As um, is Shelley Duvall and Scatman Crothers. She was fine. She was fine. She was fine. No, please continue. Um, but as far as acting goes you know he swing it's not so much acting her acting was was good in that scene no but he's just breaking down an axe and it's a creepy scene and a scary scene and a tense scene but when he's also when he's locked in the cooler or mm -hmm. the dry goods storage or whatever no uh and the camera's low and he's pushing against the door and he tells her you know you think you're getting out of here go look at the the snowcat or whatever and that his performance there was creepy as hell. Yeah, well, and he's laughing. Yeah, and he's laughing, and just the the facial expressions, top to bottom, like you said. I would pick, I would pick the stairway scene, or the bar scene, over the axe scene. As far as um, overall, my favorite. Okay, yeah, yeah, heat of the moment. Yeah, but. His face peering through the cut in the door is oh, such a striking image. It's so that that single picture is sold the movie, right? It had to. Yeah, um, but now going back and watching that and seeing how it's been overdone so much with other movies or cartoons or whatever, mm -hmm. it's almost a caricature of itself. Yeah. It's it it is it's and he does that. Here's Johnny. Mm -hmm. How many people rewatching that movie or watching it for the first time would even know what the hell that means? Being at you know the Johnny Carson show, right? Well, you know what? That's one of the things I'm okay with as a 
consumer of media, consumer of entertainment. If I'm reading a book, watching a movie, whatever, if there's a reference or I'm like, that didn't really make a lot of sense to me, I, I'm okay doing a little homework if I enjoy something. Nobody's going to do that. I will do it. <laughs> I will do it. And all the Kubrick fans do it. I promise you. That. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They oh, probably got it all tattooed. tattooed oh, on there. God. I'm lumped myself in with the Kubrick fans. God. <laughs> But, but, but seeing, seeing that part, part it reminded me, because uh, so I know when I first seen it, I was like, man, this is really cool. And then I watched it again. I was like, okay, it's been done and everything. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of when I watched The Godfather for the first time. Yeah. And I hadn't watched The Godfather when it was popular. Mm-hmm. I like I like watched it in 2012 Yeah, for the first time ever. And then you hear Marlon Brando's voice and his, you know, <laughs> bullshit. Oh, yeah. Give me over. Was that your Brando? That was my Brando. But we've got Brando. <laughs> we got Nickel, the man of a thousand voices. But it, it came well, off as a caricature too, because it's been done so many times by anybody who thinks that they can do voices. Mm-hmm. And it's me. Or, obviously, or a bit in movie, you know, played over in movies thousands of times. So, me watching it, it was almost funny to me. So, even that part with him coming through the door, I was like, oh my God, I've seen this so many times. And it's kind of funny. I, okay. I get, I'm, I get what you're saying and I agree with it. But I went at it from a different perspective. I've seen all the clones, I've seen all the copycats, all the satires, whatever. And watching the original makes me appreciate it even more. Because obviously you've got the people doing it jokingly. That is what it is. But the people that are trying to genuinely copy that intensity and that moment, and they all fail. They all fail. Yeah. So for me, I appreciated it even more. Because Jack is so good. So I want to touch touch back back on your love of Dick Hattlerin. Yeah, 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 yeah. And his sweet bachelor pad. And his sweet bachelor pad. <laughs> oh, yeah. What no. is up with the posters? What are you talking about? What, why would you? Look at the posters around your place. Yeah, look, at not, our, look at our recording studio. They're not topless women. That's because you're a nerd. <laughs> no, you've got Batman with an accentuated bulge here. It's, it's Batman boner. What are you going to do? <laughs> I believe it would be called the Bat Boner. You think, you think Robin's ever handed him down the bat boner from the helicopter? If I had to guess, I would say uh, Bruce Wayne's young ward has handled the bat boner a few times, yes. I like Batman, I don't like Robin. And I don't like that dynamic. That's a separate issue. Uh, so, what was the point of that? Of him laying in bed watching TV, and then over the TV there's that picture of the naked woman. Man. With the giant afro. He, it was an amazing afro. It's an amazing afro. And then he's just laying there, like, almost comatose. Watching the news. Watching the news. And then above his bed, there's another picture of a topless woman. I have. No, I don't see the problem with what you're describing. I don't see the... What's the point, Kubrick fan? What's the point? You'll have to ask one. There's none here. Is it? Is it their play on twins? When they don't look, those women don't look anything alike. No, but I'm just saying they're two naked women, so it's symmetrical. 
you are reaching like a Kubrick fan I, I for that know, one. You I no, I think I think that was an interesting design touch, and that's as far as I I don't it it plays no purpose. Uh, and if I had to guess why it was there, you know, someone's like, "Ooh, is there gonna be boobies?" Right? I thought it's probably well, someone going. It was the eighties. Yeah, someone somebody movie. went. Are there gonna be boobies? Well, she had three boobies, yeah. right? Going back to Schwarzenegger. God, I hate Total Recall. Total Recall is amazing. No, it, it, we'll get to that oh, later. God, God I hate Total Recall. <laughs> God, I hope we don't pull that name out of the hat. Consider this a divorce. Wait, but that is what? That's why it's more to me. My God, the range, the range. We've got Nicholson. Uh, yes. We've got we got Schwarzenegger, and I don't even remember the second one. It was Brando. Brando, yeah, that's what that's what yeah, that, I put a lot of effort in that one. Fucking <laughs> bad Contender. <laughs> oh, no, I was. I really wanted your opinion on the whole bed bedroom his bed bedroom choices. He's just an choices. older man bachelor trying to enjoy his winter off. <laughs> that's I'll tell you right now in. In Florida, with his charm, Scatman fucks. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to censor that or not. If we do, I get it. If there was a hard stop in the audio just now, I may have used rather vocal, <laughs> vulgar language expressing my thoughts on how Scatman Carruthers, on his winter break in Florida, was very successful with the ladies. <laughs> At least two of them. <sighs> Okay, so <laughs> <go> on. <laughs> oh, everything in this movie, this is why you have the biggest problem. <laughs> no, it's, bachelor it's, pad. it's not a problem. It's, it's just, just I'm wondering, wondering why the, the choice? choice. It was the 80s. Did you see any of the carpenter wallpaper huh. movie? Oh, the, in the, the boiler room. In any of it. It's awful. The windy in the boiler room. There was a bunch of naked women in the boiler room too. Well, yeah, but you got a bunch of lonely boiler room operators. Yeah, that's true. It's like Die Hard when he's going through and the, he's going through the. Uh, <laughs> remember, and he yeah. actually uses it. Come, it references back though because he uses the naked lady posters as reference to know where he where is, is in the building. But See, at least that makes it, that makes it, that gives it purpose. Exactly, gives it. A no, purpose. this is just boobies. Okay, boobies and afros. Um, <laughs> so the Jacob Holtz biography. <laughs> Movies and <laughs> Got him! Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, back to Dick Halloran. And actually, it's kind of not really Dick Halloran. Um, when Delbert Grady referred or was talking to Jack in the bathroom. Right. And he references his son. Talking, talking to somebody, somebody. talking to an n-word. Let's oh just let's just God. call it what it is. He he. I, I don't remember that. that. I didn't either. And when that when that hit, oh my God, it hit me hard. Yeah. It oh, like, it, I, I, I like legitimately kind of backed away and was like, "What the?" It's shocking. Yeah. And what gets me is, especially since it's never even. It doesn't it, matter. It's it, it doesn't matter. matter. It's, it's never even. Made a point that he's even a black man, right? Yeah, all. it's because it's never mattered. No, and and then it almost makes it more jarring is the guy saying it is an old British guy. Is is Delbert Grady 
like racist. I don't really know why he's English, right? But but it was I don't I don't I never noticed that. You didn't notice his accent? No. Oh yeah. Why didn't I notice the accent? No, no, probably because you were too like flabbergasted by the blatant N word. Yeah. There are certain movies. I know I'm in the minority and I'm in the right context because I'm a historical buff. It's part of what I went to college for. You can't you can't whitewash history, right? Because then you do a disservice to all the people that survived these things, right? Right. That survived slavery and endured it and whatever. If you, if you, if we just pretend like it didn't happen, if we pretend racism doesn't exist, then we're, we're dishonoring Dr. King and all, you know, all these people, but it has to serve a purpose. This doesn't. I just think the only purpose it serves is to show what kind of a person Gilbert Grady is. Yeah, but we know what kind of person it is. He yeah. murdered his family with yeah. an axe. So know, why, why does I'm, it? I'm like, why do you need to put more on top of it? No, yeah, it's um, that's kind of when I heard that, and I, you know, Jack never really makes any comment about it, but he just seems to let it sink in. Mm-hmm. And he, he accepts it, and then the way Jack treats his wife throughout the course of the movie, before he obviously tries to kill her with an axe, how he's always talking down to her and almost physically abusing her. Mm-hmm. It reminded me a lot of the, it, it, which it is, is a domestic um, abuse reference. Right. 100%. Oh, yeah. But now there's this ham-fisted racial tone yeah. that I don't... So is it supposed to make killing Scatman at the end? Spoilers. What? Uh, <laughs> I think we already spoiled that. Um, so is it supposed to make that more meaningful to us, the audience, because that's the way he views him is just the N word. I, I don't know. I don't understand the point of it. I, I'm going to say, I don't know if there is one. I'm being honest. And because there is no point, it doesn't need to be there. It just doesn't. But if you've never seen the movie before and you're, you're you're very sensitive, and understandably so, but if you're very sensitive to that, there is one use of the N-word for no reason. Right. Yeah. But no, Delbert Grady is has a British accent, which honestly makes his his use of it more questioning. Or yeah. it makes me question it more because it's not like he talked like an old Mississippian, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he can say the word Bubba without his lips touching. <laughs> Right? Because it's like, oh, yeah, this old Southern racist, right? No, he's... I can't believe I never noticed it. I don't know why I never noticed it. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly. Really, okay, play in your head the bathroom scene when he's talking about how he corrected. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Had to correct his His, family. His family. Yeah, he's real British. That's right. Now that that you say that. And that's... No one else is. No one... Just him. I don't know why him. That's super weird to me, too. One, One more thing about, about Dick. Dick. <laughs> Halloran, Halloran. Not not all the not all the fan art that we're gonna get. <laughs> or the Batmans or the, Batman. the Playgirls. A lot of dick in this episode. The, oh, I have to talk about and it's a small part. But the phone call between him and Larry, the guy at the gas station rental car. Place. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that was a chore to get through. 
listening to them both back and forth on the phone. To be fair, it I don't, it has some purpose, but it could have probably been done better. Yeah, I mean, it could, it could have been super quick. quick. But, but just they're acting in that whole thing. And you know who that guy is on the other end of the line. No. He's uh, from Rocky. He's Rocky's trainer. Which I don't think he has a name in Rocky. Wait, are you t- are you talking about the guy who trained who was training Apollo and then when Rocky and Apollo team up in three to right. stop uh Yeah, I think you're I think you're right. I think he was Apollo. Because I was gonna first. say Rocky's trainer was Burgess Meredith, and I can tell you right now, Burgess Meredith is not in the shining. <laughs> He, he should have played, played Wendy. <laughs> Jack, what are you doing? Wah, 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 wah. Is that your Burgess Meredith? That's my Burgess Meredith penguin. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Wah, wah, wah. It's it's shockingly accurate. You thought he was in the room. I thought my, my house was haunted. <laughs> like the overlook, it all oh comes God. back around. Full circle. Full circle. Okay, 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 okay. We have to move on. I guess we if you want to. I mean, talk about. We talked about this enough. We have to move on. I could talk about this forever. So let's yeah, let's move on. My brain hurts. <laughs> like I just got clubbed with a <laughs> bat and fell down the stairs. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna toss it to you first. Okay. The Shining. You're not a fan. You've made that very clear. Never have been a fan. No, not at all. So, good, bad, <clears throat> overrated, underrated, creamy middle where it should be. Don't ever say creamy middle again, please. I want everyone to <laughs> clip creamy middle and send it to us so I can play it to Tevis over and over. <clears throat> um, but you get, is it worth the ticket price? The Shining is... A combination of amazing music, amazing acting, outstanding moments of the movie that are stitched together with extremely slow and boring action, unactionable, what the fuck does that even mean? Um, No, continue. Yeah, yeah. keep going. (laughs) I'm, gl- I'm so glad I'm letting you talk. I'm going to have to cut this. Um, <clears throat> it sticks. It's stitched together with very boring, slow, sometimes meaningless moments that the fans of this movie have somehow transformed into something meaningful out of the th- thin air, basically. Um, I think it's definitely an overrated piece of garbage. Oh, yeah. Not, not just overrated, no. it's a piece overrated of piece of garbage. But I do have to admit, it does have very memorable and outstanding moments. But as a whole, it's overrated. Definitely not worth the price, ticket price. So, I was a fan of this movie. I am a fan of this movie. I'm not going to use past tense. I still like this movie. And you own this movie, don't you? Yeah. Okay. I've bought it. I've bought it twice in my life at this point. Okay. Uh, it's like me and Skyrim. 
You're the reason they won't release Elder Scrolls 6. Stop buying. Everyone listening, stop buying goddamn Skyrim and make them release number 6. You're the problem. Unlike Shelley Duvall acting, which is fine. I, boom, full circle. Saved it, full circle. Um, but no, we talked, we've talked about everything Jack Nicholson does in this movie is so nuanced and is such a masterclass in acting. And the, and the, the, the scenes, especially, you know, whether it's him stalking Shelly up the staircase or even just before when she's going through his, his writing and all work and no play. That was fantastic. The act scene, the bar and bathroom scenes, they're all amazing. So this is where I feel conflicted and where I have to be honest with myself in terms of what we're trying to do here. What is this show about? I would have said pre-modern era, this movie is, is a classic and must be watched and is worth it. But knowing now that we could just get on YouTube and watch just those scenes that make the movie worth it and not watch all of the exposition. There's so much exposition. That, and that honestly ruined the good scenes if we think about it too hard. And not have to see Scatman. How dare you? First of all, we'd definitely see Scatman get hit with an axe. <laughs> that, <laughs> I would watch that like, over and over again. How dare <laughs> you? You're just jealous of his apartment. There's <laughs> a problem here, nerd. He's got sexy ladies on the wall. You have Batman penis. <laughs> Don't make fun of my Batman penis. But, but no, if I'm being honest with myself, this movie is overrated. It just, God, it pains me to say it, but it is. It just is. If you've never seen The Shining before, if you've, if you've never seen it, get on YouTube, get on wherever, and just look up the highlights, right? It, it is a, it's a football game of movies. Just watch the highlights, you don't want to sit through, oh, look, that there's is, another timeout. Oh, look, now, you know. That is spot on. It just hit the highlights, get the big awesome moments, move on with your day. And, it, oh, God. So is it is it worth the ticket price? No. And then, which pay, not a, I like this movie, so it pains me to say it, but I also now have to admit that you are right, and I don't like that. Don't like that. <laughs> not many people do. <laughs> Any closing thoughts? Are we done here? Can I go home, watch The Shining? <laughs> I'm going to go hang some pictures in my bedroom. <laughs> Shining is good. <laughs> it is good. <laughs> All right, everyone. I'm Jake. This is Tevis. This has been Ticket Price. Thank you so much for listening. If you've made it this far, why? What are you doing? Get help. Yeah, don't you have, like, friends? Don't, I, don't you have The Shining to watch? It's something. All right, everybody. Peace out. <laughs>